Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. God, our helper, show us your ways and teach us your paths. By your Holy Spirit, open our minds that we may be led in your truth. Pour into our hearts the power of your grace so that we can find the courage to be faithful through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Our scripture this morning comes from the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, verses 1 through 7. But now, says the Lord, the one who created you, Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be scorched, and the flame won't burn you. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Because you are precious in my eyes, you are honored, and I love you. I give people in your place and nations in exchange for your life. Don't fear. I am with you. From the east, I will bring your children. From the west, I'll gather you. I'll say to the north, give them back. And to the south, don't detain them. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed, and made. The word of God for the people of God. When the waters rise, uh, someone made a comment uh, earlier before the early service that between when the waters rise and lonely the boat, preacher, you have a strange sense of worship. But I have to tell you, as I was watching the coverage, as I was evacuating myself, as I was stuck in the woodlands, checking on my mom, as I was watching everything unfold, it was hard not to think of Isaiah's words here in chapter 43. Hard not to think of the way that Isaiah's words uh, in this moment, you know, when you, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you wade through the streams, the water will not take you away. When you walk through the fire, the flame won't burn you. Now, I'll be honest, oftentimes I think Isaiah and Psalms, it's just really good hallmark words. I mean, they sound good, they look perfect in a a little card that you might get. It's easy, having watched wall-to-wall coverage of Hurricane Harvey, I've watched the multiple days as things unfolded, as um, uh, uh, Corpus Christi, Rockport, uh, as those places experienced the brunt of the winds and the rain and the destruction, as the storm um, paused, what, what hurricane pauses, and decided to take a U-turn as we watched as band after band of rain came in from the Gulf and settled over Houston and North Houston. I don't know about you, but I kept watching and and there's this little sliver of no rain. (laughs) 
over Lake Jackson for days. My district superintendent texted, said, Peter, how's, how's Lake Jackson? And I said, uh, we're fine. About average of two inches of rain every day for the last three days. I think we've been blessed to be a blessing. We'll get ready to help our neighbors. And then the storm moved out to sea. And we thought, what? What storm makes two landfalls? And then as we watched, hoping that the rain was over, the rain continued. And not only did the rain continue, but the runoff and drainage of all that rain having to go to the coast, you all knew it. Those of you who have been here for a, a generation, you know, preachers, we come and go. But y'all knew that the, the most difficult time, the time for worry and anxiety was, was only coming. That it was a matter not of how much rain fell in our community, but it was how much the waters rose in our community. Things like creeks and rivers and bayous that we often have a second thought, a, a passing glance at, that those numbers would be important for our community, for our neighbors, uh, and for what the future holds. So forgive me when I think that Isaiah writes really good hallmark messages, because it'd be simple to think in the midst of all the coverage that's been offered, where were you in the midst of the storm, God? Where were we to find you in these beautifully poetic words about when uh, we pass through the waters, you'll be with us. When we walk through the rivers, they won't sweep us away. And when we walk through the fire, we won't be scorched. Now, what's beautiful about Isaiah's words is that Isaiah is not writing cards for Hallmark. He's carrying back and calling forth uh, salvation history. He's talking about how God's been present in the past, how God is present in the moment, and that we can trust that God will be present in the future. When the waters rise. When we look at uh, the song we sung this morning, wade in the water, the Lord's gonna trouble the water. It seems like a strange song in the midst of flood, but it makes sense when you know the history of the song originally sung by slaves in Annabellum South uh, as a, a song to kind of claim the power of God in the midst of very uncontrollable circumstances. Uh, they would sing, wade into the water because it was calling back to a story in scripture where there were slaves that found their freedom through the water. You see, you have to imagine that um, Pharaoh uh, is um, pursuing the Israelites. Moses had uh, already proclaimed to Pharaoh, let my people go. The plagues had happened. And now the Israelites were on the run and Pharaoh's army was behind them. I, I can imagine the moment. Moses says, keep going. Wade into the water, people. God's going to trouble the water. <clears throat> Those people in front probably thinking, what is he talking about? There's real water here. And the people in the back are saying, can y'all go faster? Because there's chariots coming. And they wade into the water. And, and you know the story from vacation Bible school, from flannel boards, from acting out in really nice um, uh, rope um, belts and sheet togas. 
that God caused the winds to blow, and the Red Sea parted, and the Israelites, after God had troubled the water, walked on dry land. Now, unfortunately, it was not dry land forever. The chariots got a little bit rusty, but the Israelites walked free. You see, when Isaiah says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, he's not just writing hallmark poetry. He's reminding the people of God that in other times and other places, when all seemed lost, when in front of you seemed water and behind you seemed violence, I will be with you when you walk through the water. When we look at when we walk through the rivers, they won't sweep you over. You see, the Israelites left uh, Egypt and headed towards the promised land, a a land filled with milk and honey, a land that would be theirs as a gift. As they gathered on the River Jordan, at this time, uh, Moses had already gone on to be with God. Joshua was in charge of the folk. Joshua stood at the River Jordan and said, on the other side of this river is the land of milk and honey. Now, little subtext, there were people actually in the land of milk and honey, quite happy to enjoy the milk and honey. And so crossing over the river meant there was a struggle to come. And Joshua says, choose this day. As you walk through the water, make a choice. Will you head with us and with God into the struggle that's to come to claim the blessing that is there? See, when Isaiah says, when you walk through the river, the water will not sweep over you. Isaiah is calling back to that moment. That moment when together the people of Israel walked through the raging river into the promised land, not to enjoy all the good that's there, but to enter the struggle to claim what was theirs. When the waters rise, I'll be with you. And it's been very hard, I imagine, for all of us to watch the news, to watch um, uh, folk just, uh, Telephone Road, that shot of Telephone Road in Houston that you can see, uh, you know, easily uh, a mile or two, and people are just walking through the water coming out. Or uh, some of the pictures that I've seen uh, over in uh, Richwood, um, there were concerns that um, First Baptist Church Richwood was going to take on water, and there was a call put out through Facebook. And, and 50, 75 people showed up. Boats and trucks with sandbags. Do, do, do you people just have them in your garage? <laughs> and you can say, well, it was just a bunch of Baptists getting together. No, there were Methodists. There were Mormons. There were Catholics. You see, um, Isaiah says that God is present. God is present when he parts the Red Sea. God is present when we join our commitment to his for the struggle ahead. God is present in those moments, not just through a tower, a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day, but by the people that stand either side of us and walk with us. 
Isaiah goes on to say, when you walk through the fire, you won't be scorched and the flame won't burn you. I was uh, surprised to hear one of our uh, church members, their kind of home office in Houston, in the midst of a tropical storm and flooding waters, what happens to their home office? It bursts into flames. At that moment, I thought, probably the apocalypse is coming. (laughs) But even in the midst of fire, even in the midst of disaster, God is present. Another really good vacation Bible school story is good old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They get on the wrong side of the king, and the king says you can't pray to God. And of course, they get caught doing what? Praying to God. And so into the furnace you go. But before you go into the furnace, the king instructed the folk who stoked the fire to make it even hotter than before. And so in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go. And and when, I don't know how they do this, you know, is there like a window that they kind of peek into the furnace, right? But when the king peeks into the furnace, what does he see? You remember from the flannel board, you remember from the um, vacation Bible school dramatic presentations. They look inside and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have no effect of the fire on them. And that in there, there's not three people, but four. Now you can make your argument about who that fourth person is, but call it Jesus, the Holy Spirit, or God. It's the presence of God that when we walk through the fire, God says, I will be with you. Isaiah is not writing hallmark cards. He's not writing poetry for people who are in pristine places. Isaiah is writing to you and to me to remind us that when the waters rise, I'll be with you. When we walk through the streams, the water will not sweep us away. And when through the fire, we will not be burned be easy to say, but preacher, where did you see God active in the world this week? I mean, that's kind of one of those things we do. We encourage young families to always talk at dinner about where did you see God this week? Where did you see God today? I'm sure that you saw God um, in the uh, rainbow of colors of folk helping a rainbow of colors of their neighbors. I'm sure you saw God uh, active in many beautiful ways as we were the hands and feet of others. Uh, During our grow hour, we had some conversation about uh, what you've seen and what you've heard. and, And one person said they were encouraged by the regular updates from the city. Could you see God active in city government? Yep. Right. Um, I saw God active in a very strange way. Um, I, I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity. I have a friend, um, Scott Moore. Um, we went to high school together. We played in the, uh, the marching band. Um, it was a shame. He, I played the better instrument, tuba. Um, he played um, bass trombone, which I still think that's, you know, a made-up instrument, but whatever. Um, we, we marched in a band together. Um, we went off to college, separate places, you know, got separated. Um, I became a United Methodist pastor. He became a police officer in Beaumont. Later on in his career, he had a call to ministry, went to seminary, became a pastor in the Methodist church. On July 1st, uh, he assumed the responsibility as the chief officer for disaster response. Um, The fancy title in the Methodist church is center director for missional excellence. 
And then about six weeks later, there's a storm in the Gulf. How would you like to be in charge of all of that, right? So, so Scott tells the story through Facebook that he was staying at the Mission Depot, um, sleeping overnight, um, realizing that um, he, a lot going on, and he wanted to make sure we were ready and, and, and with it. And he gets a phone call from a guy he went to college with who's now the mayor of a small West Texas town. And the friend says, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I've got an 18-wheeler full of water, and I'm driving it to you tomorrow. And Scott thinks, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with an 18-wheeler full of water? We have more water than we know what to do with. And then the next morning, a whole troop of Boy Scouts shows up. And he thinks, great, water this afternoon, Boy Scouts this morning. Still not really sure what to do with all of this. And then that evening, as the water shows up, he hears about the news in Beaumont, how the sewer system had gone down, and how the water system was failing as well. He had a bright idea. 18-wheeler of water to Beaumont. He says, well, how am I going to get it there? He says, well, maybe I can just keep my friend in the cab of the truck and just wave it on, and he'll take it from Conroe uh, over to Beaumont. And then he watches the news. All the roads between here and Beaumont are out. I-10. It looked like a, you know, raging ocean if you saw that picture. And he thought, wow, you know, it'd be great if I just had some Black Hawk helicopters <laughs> to airlift that 18-wheeler worth of water to Beaumont. And he's saying this out loud with the Boy Scouts around him. And the scout troop leader, the adult that's with them, says, did you say Black Hawk helicopters? And Scott Moore says, yes, I did. And he says, I got a friend. <laughs> I got a friend who's in the National Guard. They're at the Conroe Airport. They have Black Hawk helicopters. They were told to come in because they were going to airlift water. They can't find any water. And then the local Catholic church, their disaster response person walks into the depot and says, oh my gosh, FEMA just told me I got to come up with an 18-wheeler full of water that's going to be airlifted through Black Hawk helicopters to Beaumont, and I got to find it by tonight. And Scott went, I got that. <laughs> Could you imagine that God's will might be done? That before the storm was even in Beaumont, a college friend who happened to be the mayor of a West, who does that, of a West Texas town, has an 18-wheeler worth of water, and God already knows where it's going to go. And God already knows who needs it. And just to make sure it gets there, he'll make sure there's some Black Hawk helicopters to airlift it in. By way of a connection provided by a scout troop leader, whose scouts showed up to help out without any invitation. I know it's, it's a wacky story, but we serve a God who is already thinking about what's next. That in the midst of the water, he is with us. That when we walk across the stream, we will not be swept away. And that when the fire comes, we will not be burned. I know it's easy to think Isaiah is writing poetry for a Hallmark card, for people in pristine places who know not about uh, creeks and rivers 
and bayous. But thanks be to God that God knows of all those things and will walk with us today, tomorrow, and the next day as we care for our neighbors, as we recover together as a community, as we seek to be the hands and feet of the world around us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.